Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Epicorn Section Podcast. I'm BJ. Keep those horns up. I'm Danny, and I got better internet. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Yay. Yay to that. So, mm-hmm. so keep it going so so we can so we can uh, move on. Mm-hmm. So, let's, let's start with our normal. The normal topic, the Grim Reaper. Oof. There's some nasty ones this time. Yeah. There are some nasty ones this time. Yep. There's some young ones. Oh, I didn't even put the the big news over the last weekend, but but that wasn't really a music thing, although he did play James Brown in a movie. Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Yeah. Uh, that was sad. Mm-hmm. Can't. Yeah. That one hit a little too close to home for me. Yeah. But so we have Tony Costanza, only... who was the former drummer for Machine Head and Crowbar. Never heard of either of two, those two bands. I've heard of Machine Head. Uh, you're not missing much there. Okie dokie. And then we have... And he was, if he was only 52. Oof. Yikes. Yeah. Then we have Vern Rumsey, who was the bassist for Unwound. Never heard of them. Yeah, it's like I said, never heard of them, but I put that in there because this one was a little bit of a hard one, this next one. Trini Lopez, who sang Lemon Tree, the original singer of Lemon Tree, and If I Had a Hammer, among others. Unfortunately, he passed at 83 because of COVID. That sucks. Mm hmm. Then we have another quiet riot passing of Frankie Benali at 68. The yeah, he was battling pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. Then we have the early Red Hot Chili Peppers guitarist, Jack Sherman, at 64. Yeah, you played on the 80s stuff. Ah, you played on the 80s Red Hot Chili Peppers stuff. Okay. Yeah. And then we have Walter Lure, who was the guitarist for Johnny Thunder and Heartbreakers at 71. And then the two really sad ones. Justin Towns Earl, who was an Americana singer-songwriter and also the son of Steve Earl, at the far too young age of 38 after a drug overdose. And Riley Gale, power trip frontman at 34. Um, I'd never heard of Power Trip before. Um, they are they are a really good metal band. They were uh-huh. nominated for a Grammy a couple years back for their uh-huh. album Abyss. Okay. Best album. Not best metal album, but best metal song, Execution Attack, Swing of the Axe. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so they actually did get some na- name recognition. So, so. Yep. So it was very unfortunate, and and my friend Andrew actually hung out with him after a show once. Oh wow! So that sort of sort of lends into the 
remembering Riley Gale, a ferocious frontman who made you feel like family. Mm-hmm. He said he was a really cool dude. That's cool. That is way way cool. Too bad we too bad for for everybody with that. But now we get into the somewhat happier stuff. And St. Vincent is apparently a big old Tool fan, and she actually did a cover of 46 and 2. That one I don't think I've... Yeah. Yes, you have heard it. It's oh, on, I have? Uh... Oh, you haven't actually. It's on... Oh, um... It's on the one on Tool one. album I haven't heard yet. <laughs> it's on the one Tool album you haven't heard yet. Of yep. course. It's on one of two albums, two two, two two albums you haven't heard yet. Oh, goody. Well, I guess we have a couple more for our for our upcoming shows once we get through a couple of our interesting topic shows coming up. Yes. Yes. 46 and 2 is a great song. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, next up we have Lily Cornell keeping her father Chris Cornell's memory as well as mental health legacy alive. Very much well appreciated and we both stuff. Absolutely. 110% appreciate that. Um, Now, this next one I did put in because I used to live in Toronto, North Carolina, the birthplace of Nina Simone. Zoe Saldana actually apologized for playing Nina Simone in the 2016 biopic. And I guess because she was, I guess there was some backlash about her playing Nina Simone back in the day, but honestly, I, this is one where I just put it in there because it's Nina, it was Nina Simone, and that's one of those things, if there's a Nina Simone thing, you're probably going to hear about it on here eventually. Yeah. And then we have the, um, Dead and Company guy, Mickey Hart, who is also part of the Grateful Dead, on the day that Jerry Garcia of the Grateful Dead died. And I remember where I was when I heard that Jerry Garcia had died. <clears throat> and I was in Virginia seeing some friends and Jerry, it was it was on on the, on the NBC Nightly News that Jerry Garcia had died. I'm like going, oh geez, this sounds like it's going to be the end of an era. It really was. So I think it was that, and it was like right around when Kurt Cobain died, too. I think, if I remember right. Kurt Cobain died in 95. Either way, I remember where I was, and I, I remember about where I was. It, it, I know I heard that Jerry Garcia died. Like, that night. It was crazy. Right. <clears throat> and then, Gilda's Club. Um, if you remember who Gilda Radner was, um, this was actually the club of cancer support um, and cancer support charity that was done in her honor after she passed. The North New York City branch of this does charity releases on vinyl and stuff for 2020, but there's less of them because of the pandemic. And it's all local bands. All local bands to New York City, which is absolutely fantastic. Very nice. Mm-hmm. And then, again, I'm a Southern boy, so I have to give my Southern artists a little bit of love here. 
especially when they come up with a brand new four CD set like Elvis in Nashville. <laughs> yep. I have to. With some Sorry. Nashville session players. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Nashville in the day was kind of like Muscle Shoals is kind of nowadays. Yeah. And then new Jackson's album, Ohms. Yes, I'm excited. <laughs> I heard the first single. It's really good. Ooh, ooh, okay. Single's good. The single All is right. very good. Good. Well, we also have to talk a little bit about the late Trini Lopez having a really major influence on Foo Fighters, according to Dave Grohl. So apparently, uh, the Foo Fighters sound like they do because of the influence of the late Trini Lopez. So that's cool. That we talked about him in the Grim Reaper section. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I'm looking. I'm also so back to our current topic at hand. I cannot wait for the new Deftones album. I cannot wait. Now that I've heard a Deftones album, I really like them. You really liked it. <laughs> oh, I really liked it. Spoiler alert. <laughs> then, unfortunately, for sad reasons, we have Power Trip hitting the top of the Apple Music charts. Yes. But unfortunately, for that reason, because of Riley Gale, mm-hmm. um, this is the only reason why people hit the top. Rock artists hit the top of. Uh, oh yeah. So. Then I threw in a, a performance. To, that was a paying tribute to Glee star Naya Rivera. Amber Riley, who's now just going under the name Riley, sang a song called A Moment in honor of Naira Vera. So that was very, very... That was a, I, I saw that and listened to it, and it's absolutely amazing. And then... Uh, can we talk about Smash Mouth? Uh, need to go smashing them out after the Sturgis show? Actually, we, we have to miss we you missed one and I'm gonna go ahead and throw this on because of course I'm gonna do anything with Dimebag Daryl in there so I'm gonna throw anything with Dimebag Daryl on because apparently Pantera covered Metallica with Dimebag Daryl on lead vocals so I called it the YouTube time machine alert because well we no longer have Dimebag Daryl because he got killed in a shooting on stage that is just... I still cannot believe that for sure, so... But yeah, the Surge's show for Smash Mouth, yuck. They really do... Apparently Fosse had one, too. Yeah. That was dumb. Yeah, people are dumb. I'm sorry. And then we have to talk about the brand new Queen and Adam Lambert concert film, Live Round the World which should be coming out October the 2nd, barring any COVID-19 related delays. Adam Lambert, I mean, if there is anybody who can do Freddie Mercury justice, who is alive right now, it's Adam Lambert. So, 
I think it's gonna. I think this is a good thing that Adam Lambert is doing is is keeping Freddie Mercury's music alive. And then obviously, I put in an article about the '90s Killer Instinct soundtrack called Killer Cuts because obviously the writer of the article for Kotaku absolutely hates cheese because that's exactly what the Killer Cuts album was: cheese, pure and un- unadulterated. <laughs> and then huh, I snarked all over this on the show notes, but Mariah Carey apparently has a new Christmas special going on to Apple TV Plus. Yawn. Wake me up and Darlene Love has one of those things. And then because oh damn, looks like we are Whoops. Alright. I'll have to edit that out, I guess. <laughs> I'm still recording. Yeah. Yeah, sorry about that. That's okay. It just went... Yeah, so you missed me snarking all over Mariah Carey's Apple TV Plus Christmas special. Oh! Oh! Oh, God. Like, yeah, wake me up on the true queen of Christmas. Darlene Love has one of those. <laughs> oh god. And then Oh god. Mm-hmm. And perfect timing for our upcoming review of Plans by Death Cab for Cutie. They're gonna be streaming the visual counterpart called Directions this coming Saturday, September the fifth, on their YouTube Ooh. channel. So oh yeah, this will be fun. Alright. Um so you listened to some interesting stuff. I certainly did, Danny. I certainly did. <laughs> yeah, I kind of went all over the place with this. Um, first off is Metal Church's Damned If You Do from 2018. So it's actually a really good album. Really liked that one. Then I started. I went ahead and listened to the new Mary Chapin Carpenter album, The Dirt and the Stars. Which, oh, so good. So good. I think the only song that would be missing from that would be our man Walter Cronkite, but I like the album regardless, so. Then, Agnetha Faltzkog, who was one of the A's of ABBA, this is the album from 1983, right after ABBA broke up, called Wrap Your Arms Around Me, and... The only reason I listened to this is because I was hearing on um, 80s on 8 on Sirius XM, they had a song that played called I Can't Shake Loose, and it's just, uh, and it's an absolute bop, for sure. I'm like, whoa, this is interesting. And it's like, it's like one of the forgotten hits of the 80s. It's like a treasure chest, so that was really good. And then... The Eli Young Band, along with Jimmy Buffett, did a song called Saltwater Gospel. And that's from this year, and apparently that was a collaboration between Eli Young Band and Jimmy Buffett, and I think Mac McAnally, multiple, multiple times CMA Musician of the Year, had something to do with that. And then, oh boy, I kind of went a little heavy on the 90s nostalgia pop cheese. First off, (laughs) 
Britney Spears' debut album, Baby One More Time. Actually, it actually holds up well. <laughs> Although it is... It is cheesy. I will admit, there is some cheesy parts. And then... Um, there's actually... Most of the seat singles hold up really, really well. And, and there's an album track called Email My Heart that also holds up rather well. But then... Email My Heart? Yes. Even though it's... Mm-hmm. Yep. And then uh, this one I wished it held up as held up better than it did, and it's the Spice Girls Spice. Oh, I wish this held up well. It just doesn't. There's like me only the singles hold up well, which is Wannabe and Two Become One. Those are the only two songs that hold up well. And then I went into a little bit of a killer's phase. We'll get into that later. But I went ahead and went straight from Hot Fuss into Sawdust. And I'll try yeah, to listen to... I'll try to listen to the rest of them as well. Including the new one. I cannot wait to hear what you think. So go, go Danny, go. Um, so the first album I listened to... Um, Coming out, uh, coming out. I was into all these within like the last three days, so they're all relatively fresh in my mind. Um, American Sun by Fire from the Gods, fiery political rap rock that's actually very good and that's actually gives you space to think, mm. you know. Um, and they're and they're on the side of the uh, BLM stuff, mm. and it, they're fiery, angry, you know, really good shit, mm. really good shit, really good that shit. Wow. Then we had Metallica's S and M two, which is a, the follow up to S and M, which is the them with the San Francisco Symphony Orchestra. Whoa. Okay. Um, um, if you like symphonic, if you like symphonic stuff and metal, All this right. is right up your alley. Um, All right. they do a classical piece in the middle. Um, they do, I'm going to look up the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, piece they did. This is really professional radio right here. <laughs> um, it, it, the Iron Foundry Opus 19 mm. with orchestra as well they learned a classical piece so I thought that was a cool touch um, okay. um yeah overall it, it, it's an easy listen you know okay when the, um Killers imploding the Mirage Heartland Rock Synth pop rock. Really good. Ooh, okay. Right up your alley, DJ. It should right be up, up my alley, alley, but I'm not that big a Metallica fan, but I'll give it a go for sure. Uh, I mean, I'm talking about the Kellers here. Oh, the Imploding Mirage. Oh, thank goodness. So that one I know is right up my alley. Yeah, the Imploding the Mirage is going to be right up your alley. Good. Um, um, it's, 
it's really it's really good um it's a complete album i don't think any of the tracks are really bad um there are weaker tracks but but none of the tracks are like offensive like like bad you know mm. like i with wonderful wonderful um mm. um like um i just thought i just thought overall like the uh like the uh i just think they they strike gold and they were triumphant and they reinvigorated themselves love it that sounds great and then i go back to 1989 here with the Pixies Doolittle, and I listened to this at the recommendation of my CPS. Um, mm. And this is like '90s alt rock before '90s. Ooh, okay. Um, dude, this is so good. Um, Ooh. like the Pixies influenced everybody. From Radiohead to Nirvana. Dang. Um, it just it, it, it was an exciting listen to just just you you just fall in love with the lyrics and the melodies. Mm. All right. Um. And I listened to two Sad Boy albums. Um, uh, I listened to the previous, um, but good Sad Boy albums, you know. Oh, okay. You know, Spanish love song Schmaltz from 2018. Um, this one is really good too. Um, I listened to their their. 2020 release, Brave Faces, everyone, and that's my album of the year for 2020 thus far. Um, Damn. This one, a little under Brave Faces, everyone, but I can see where the progression started. Okay. Songwriting is good. It's it's hard-hitting. It's really there. The playing's really good. It's It's really good. And... I really enjoyed myself listening to to this album. And then a band from Philadelphia called The Wonder Years. <laughs> I'm assuming uh, they named that after the 80s, early 90s TV show? No, they actually didn't. Um, I think they named themselves after like some note that, that um, the lead singer wrote in like class it had nothing to do with the tv show but it's ironic that the tv show they're named after the tv show but 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 this but this album is a concept album dealing detailing the loss of a loved one this one this one is like really good universally acclaimed um it's it's like detailing like 
everything you would want in you know in like you're going through the loss of somebody. Mm. Oh great! It's that, like hmm. surprised I haven't hadn't heard of them. All right. So, so they're they're pop pop punk, essentially. Ooh, okay. Both the both Spanish love songs and the Wonder Years are more pop punk, but a little okay. heavier. Okay, that makes sense. So, but but I'm a sucker for that music. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like how I'm a sucker for bubblegum pop. So, yep. But. We have six albums to delve into. I think we have, yeah, I think it's more like seven, but okay. Oh, seven. I've crossed out with one. Oh, jeez, really? Oh, Modest Mouse. I forgot about, I forgot about Modest Mouse. You did. But let's go ahead Why? and start with Stadium Arcadium, the the white Why album of the 2000s. Arcadium, which, is, which is good, but, 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 a little overrated. Mm, it needed some editing. <laughs> like, some of the songs needed to be cut. A hundred and ten percent. It needed some serious editing. This album did not need to be 122 minutes. Uh, no. This probably could have been... I mean, probably the the last, like, 20-some-odd minutes at least could have been cut off. It would actually be a better album. Yeah. I... Yeah, I, I just agree with that. Um, like, after, like, Ready Made, like, I, I it fell off a cliff for me. Mm, yeah. The sixth track off of Mars, mm-hmm. which is the second album. Yep. So they split it up into Jupiter and Mars. Jupiter was the way better. 100%, yeah. If they had just had Jupiter as Stadium Arcadium, I would have gone for this album a whole lot more than I did. Yes. As it is, it's just yep. is too long for its own good. Yes. So. But some of the songs are infectious. I, I will give it that. Mm-hmm. Like, Snow Hill, bump Oh yeah, uh, most of them Danny are Um, um, Desecration Smile is one of my favorites. Tell me, baby, off of Mars too. Mm-hmm. Tell me, baby, what's okay. your story? Yeah, all right. Not um, bad, not bad. But it's not bad. I I gave it a seven out of ten. Yeah, I did the same thing, but it's just like, it's just, and the only reason I gave it a 7 out of 10 is it needed the editing, and it should have been split up into at least a part 1 and a part 2. Yeah. Yeah. But or, this is one of the, you know Danny California spent like 14 weeks of uh, number 1 on the alternative songs chart? Yeah, that, that doesn't surprise me, that. That particular album was just everywhere back then. It was everywhere. And unfortunately, it just didn't live up to the hype. Yep. And speaking of an album that 
more than lives up to its hype. Let's go with the killer's hot fuss. Oh, yo, yo. <laughs> oh my this, God. Album is, this album is one of the best debut albums of all time. Yeah, this album just straight slaps. Yeah, yeah. Like the first five songs, you're like, you're going into five songs straight of like gloriousness. And then it's. It, it falls off, but it doesn't like fall. It doesn't go too far off. Nah, it's just basically like a little gradual, like um, those wooden roller coasters. It's like one of those things. It just kind of goes, eh, all right. <laughs> but this is really good. Oh, I love this. So good. Yeah, that one is actually. Yeah, that's why I'm going into the killers phase. Is because this album was just like. Whoa, this is really good. Like, like I, I think it, it's a combination of, like, I think they knew their audience and they knew, like, like, like what to go for mm-hmm. with the sensibilities and, yep. and they knew what they were good at. So, and Brandon Flowers is one of the most charismatic rock frontmen of all time. Yeah. You know who Pitchfork gave this album when it came out? Pitchfork? Pitchfork, yep. <laughs> like I say, the notor- I call it the notoriously hard to please Pitchfork. 5.2 out of 10. You know how rough <laughs> they are. <laughs> and this is why they should have taken this album and gone, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't be so harsh on this album. Let's revisit it in about 10 years. Maybe then it would be better. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Uh, that's so, why. some of the some of the lists it's on. Uh, best albums of two thousand. Debut club forty mm-hmm. number forty one. Greatest debut albums of all time. Rolling Stone thirty three and on the reading readers poll number nine. Wow. Uh, best top one hundred debut albums of top one hundred. Albums of the 2000s, 43, you know. So this is this is up there with, with some of the great greats. So. Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah, this this album rocks. Mm-hmm. Speaking of albums, I was a little disappointed in the Modest Mouse. You were? Oh, that's too bad. I. It is a little there. I mean, I see where, but I mean, dashboard. I mean that that particular song from when I was, from where I was at that time, that song was freaking everywhere. Yeah, dashboard. Dashboard. Yeah, slaps. you know, it, it it's a little bit. It's a little bit. Um, it, it was entertaining. Don't get me wrong. I still read it. Four out of five, eight out of ten. It, it it was, um, um, it was n- not as nuanced as. Okay, I can kind of see the not as nuanced argument for some reason. And I I just felt like it was like, I, I what made good news so great was. They had a optimism to some of the songs, mm-hmm. and this was all mopey, in a way. 
Mm, okay. The concept of this album was just about a Boku dying in every song. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So, but it was still very good. Of course, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I I love Isaac Brock's voice. Oh yeah, just I wonder if they would actually ever come up with new music. That would be really cool. And this was the only this was the only full album with Johnny Marr on it. From the Smiths, yeah. So yep. Which of the four? Albums we really like first. Oh man, um, let's get Meteora out of the way first. I I was gonna go with Meteora too. Mm-hmm. This this one has the most mixed response out of the four we really liked. Damn, I would it, say so. But this is like perfection for Wanga. Like oh, hell yes, this is. For, I mean, for the style they were going for before they evolved, mm-hmm. like this is perfection. Like oh yeah, this was just and everyone. Sorry. Oh, it's just this is particularly the one that I know most is of what this is what I think of when I think Lincoln Park. Is this album? Yes. Because all the yes, songs so. that Lincoln Park were, all the Lincoln Park songs played on the radio at that time, terrestrial radio, came from Meteora. So, which was yeah. then or from like a couple of them came from my theory, but most of them came from Meteora. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So you had somewhere. And they're spaced out, and you know it's the album's paced very well, and mm-hmm. even the worst song on this track is it's still like a six out of six out of ten. It's like it's like it's there, but you know mm-hmm. it's above average. Yeah, everything was above average on this album for sure. Some good songs and some songs I'm like. I was listening to it, I'm going, ooh, wow. that sounds terrible in retrospect. There's some out there's some songs I'm blown away by still mm-hmm. to this very faint I'm still blown away by to this very day. Wow. Like okay. every time I still hear no! mm. Cool. You know. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. You know, Breaking the Habit is a great song, you know? Yeah, but it does sound kind of tricky tricky in retrospect, considering what happened with Chester. Yeah, but, but, yeah, yeah, it does. Especially if you listen to Minutes to Midnight and you hear the song Giving Up. Mm. Oh, that song's a little eerie. 
Oh, jeez, that's even more eerie than breaking the habit. Great. Um, but, but, but it's what it is, and you know, mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes you have to live with what you had. But Pretty much, but let's go to you two next. Oh yeah, this one is so good. <laughs> You two was back with this one, baby. Oh, yeah, they were. For sure. I mean, you've got, I mean, the first song, which is like... Pwah! And then it goes... Just stays right there the entire time. Even if with the slow songs, it kind of dips it a little bit, but, you know, this is probably my favorite U2 album other than some of their earlier efforts. Yeah. And it just makes No Line on the Horizon look horrible in comparison. <laughs> it makes No Line on the Horizon like, what the hell were you guys thinking after putting out this? Mm-hmm. It looks horrible in comparison to this album, for sure. This album won album of the year in, in 2004, and I'm mm -hmm. like... And then three years later, it they dropped the big stinky turd. Yeah. Now let's get to Avenged. Okay. Wow. Okay. I know what we're saving for last. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yes, we're saving Deftones for last. Of course. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I... I did like it. I really did. Not usually... I wouldn't have thought I'd be an Avenged Sevenfold fan, but okay. You wouldn't have liked their earlier stuff with, Ooh. like, the metal. Um, because it's, like, screamy and... Uh, the screamy stuff I can't deal with to a certain extent. I can deal with it well, sometimes, I think but... I sound because he burned out his vocal cords doing that stuff. Ooh. Ooh. And Shadows basically evolved the sound to this album. Mm. And it's still really good, though. It's still really good. Like, they evolved the sound to a more mainstream sound? Yeah, I can kind of see why some people who are Event Sevenfold fans wouldn't have liked this. But I can see how the evolution could have been different. So that might be, it'll be interesting at some point to go back and listen to some of those old Avenged Sevenfolds. Just for the hell of it. <laughs> yeah. But, it, Backcountry is still a bop. Mm-hmm. It's in the Harlot. I love Sidewinder. Yeah, that's the only song that was like recognizable name value to me, I guess because I'd done a bunch of Guitar Hero stuff and Rock Band stuff back in the day. Is probably where I saw that name. <laughs> yeah. She's a drowning face for me. Mm -hmm. She's the day. Ballad. Yep. You know. Mm -hmm. I, I This is one of my go-to albums back in the day. Yeah, I'll bet it was one of your go-to albums. And they won... They won Best New Artist in 2006 at the VMAs, beating out 
This is who they beat out in 2006. Rihanna, Panic at the Disco, James Blunt, Angels and Airways, and Chris Brown. Eek. Damn, maybe some can- heavy hitters. Yep. Dang, all right. that's uh, That was an interesting one. Um, how did Pitchfork rate this one? Pitchfork did not rate this one. Ooh, interesting. I was Pitchfork making a does- joke because I was trying to make a joke because Pitchfork is famously hard to place. It's so hard to place they didn't rate this. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Whoops. Um. So, White Pony. Oh God! What in the world? That I was like, I was not. This was the album I listened to last because I didn't have any expectations going into it. I really didn't. His was actually pleased with this one. Yeah, that's uh, well, that's kind of surprising. I like it. It's different. It, it is different, and you know what? It's sort of like you, you, it's it's different enough where it, it sort of brings in the alt rock, and it brings in some of the heavier stuff, and combines it so well. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I just think it's, um, I just think it's violent, but it's not sort of easy to digest in a way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but, but, um, but it's a sonic attack that that can be difficult for some listeners to to grasp. I thought it would be difficult for you to grasp, but you really enjoyed it. I did. I was really... I was right there with it, which is very strange. You wouldn't have expected me to have been right there with Bells on with this album, but I was. It was just like, whoa, what in the world? like shoegaze and with like noise rock and it's very progressive so yeah so I guess that would Can be we why energy appearance <laughs> for I a know. second Maynard James Keenan yes indeed you didn't make that better <laughs> I didn't pick that up at all until you told me I'm like well that makes sense <laughs> in passenger like he sings he does a verse interplay with Chino, and then mm-hmm. he sings the chorus. Yeah. Passenger. That is just amazing. That is just amazing. Yep. MJ, MJK. Yep. And it was, this was definitely. Now, this is the kind of thing that if I was tuned into this in the 2000s when I was, you know, having to, being forced to listen to really horrible rap music, (laughs) 
this would have been what I went would have gone to if I knew about it at that time is the Deftones and this album because it's just different enough it's just more interesting